I'm Heather. And I'm Corey. And this is Movie Shelf, where we talk about movies, movie trivia, and just about anything related to pop culture. We're glad you're here. In today's episode, we're talking about Alita, Battle Angel, the new Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron film. We'll also chat about our picks of the week, movies coming out that we're looking forward to, and of course, we'll enjoy a side of bacon. My bacon sizzling today. So before we really start talking about what we liked and didn't like about the movie, let's talk about what the movie was about. This is Earth, way into the future. Oh, yes. Way, way, way into the future. (laughs) And apparently there was something that happened 300 years before the movie. Yes. That they called the fall. And the fall was seen to be some kind of a big war that took place. Yes. Bad, a bad thing. And so it left Earth, I guess, basically contaminated maybe, or I don't know. Basically, Earth is contained in one little area, like all the people. In this city, but above them is a sky city, which is, I guess, more of a privileged area. Uh-huh. Where, um, and so everyone, of course, is looking up to the sky city, desiring to be there, but who knows what the sky city really is like. Yeah, they, uh, I'm kind of surprised they did not give us any glimpses to what this paradise city looks like. Yes. So. Although we do know that there were some people that had been up in the sky city that are now on Earth. Yeah. And... Somehow they, they want to be back, yeah. so it is desirable. Somehow they fell in one way or <laughs> yeah. another. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the city they live in in Earth is called Iron City. And basically, Iron City serves the Sky City, which is Zolom. And so Dr. Ito, um, this is the Christoph Waltz character, he is, it kind of opens with him scrunching for parts in basically the dump of Sky City. Yeah. <laughs> And he comes across a torso, sort of, more of a bust, Yeah, I guess, of a... Head, shoulders, nothing else, nothing else. <laughs> yeah. And um, I guess a cyborg. And he basically puts her together and kind of attaches her to a body. And yeah. there you go. We have Alita. And, you know, I don't think it's a spoiler or anything, but he, he already had a body to give this mm-hmm. character, which was the body that he had for his daughter who had passed. Yes. So he brings her back, gives her the new body, and we quickly learn that she's a little bit more than just an average teenage cyborg. Yeah, well, she well, she comes to with no memory. Yes. At all, so. Um, and, and things start happening, and I guess that physical memory kind of takes over. Yeah, flashbacks start yeah. coming and up. She's definitely, there's definitely more to her. Um, so this is definitely a world of cybernetics and enhancements with everyone keeping their eye on the sky. And it seems like that the Alita character is like the epitome of a cyborg because the only thing that is human still is her brain. Yes. And it seems like everything else outside of that is mechanical. Yeah. Even her heart and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So she's just a brain. Pretty reminiscent of some other movies, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah. And so another huge aspect of this film is the motorball game. Yes. So, of course, people live out their lives and they're just, they're working in Iron City again, producing things for the Sky City, the Zolom City. And um, and there's these big chutes that go from the Iron City all the way up to um, like a cargo chute that goes up to the mm-hmm. Sky City. So whatever they're producing gets sent up there. No people go up, just the things. But they have this game called Motorball, which is 
to me, basically like super extreme, duper rollerblading. Yeah, extreme roller derby. Yeah, and that's what they use as kind of the carrot, I guess, for people to, um, if they play this and they win, the champion theoretically gets to go up to Sky City. So that's the plan, I guess. So for me, Court, I thought one thing that I really thought was interesting with the movie is that it felt very 90s to me. It's almost like if you think about a movie from the 90s, this is how the future was portrayed in the 90s. I don't know if you got that vibe, especially with the whole motorball thing. I mean, it's like rollerblading. Like, yeah. It just, to me, had a 90s feel. Almost a little nostalgic, even though it's a very futuristic movie. Uh, well, you know, different movies in the 90s portray future very differently. Some of it is kind of uto- a little bit more utopia-istic, mm-hmm. I guess. And then some other movies, is, the future is very dark. Like, uh, like Back to the Future, the future actually looks pretty nice. Yeah. But then Blade Runner, the future looks very dark. And yeah. in a way, this almost kind of had, I guess the, the ground city almost had a little bit of a Blade Runner feel. A little yeah. Bit. It was so, a little more scrungy looking. Yeah, well, um, yeah, very, not up, kept up that well. <laughs> <laughs> but it is the manufacturing part um, yeah. of the, the world. Also with the movie, we mentioned um, that it was directed by, or it's directed by Robert Rodriguez. And we are fans of him. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I don't know, I can't recall if he's done kind of a sci-fi movie like this before. I know he did Planet Terror. I don't know if that's sci-fi or not. Spy kids. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he has done, you know, some sci-fi. But nothing on this level, I guess, of, of, of polish. of. Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. The, the digital work was really impressive. And the overall movie is actually very beautiful to watch. Yes. I mean, it's it's, it's uh, lots of eye candy if you're kind of into that, looking for that type of excitement to, to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, even we you meant we said that the city was kind of you know dingy and, and whatnot, but I don't know, it wasn't as dingy as Blade Runner. Blade Runner is yes. pretty darn dingy. Like, it's it's like, just gloomy. <laughs> it's like you never saw the sun. Here yeah. you got plenty of sunlight. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's just it's just a very overpopulated area. Like all the everything is built up. You know, everyone lives up um, just because it's so overpopulated. So it's directed by Robert Rodriguez, and I thought he did a great job. He's a Texas guy, so one thing that was kind of fun at the end of the movie, the very end of the credits, it made a, a note that it was filmed in Austin. So all oh, these I'd jobs that. for Texas, because I think it said that it had like 1,500 jobs for, cool. to make the film. We already mentioned this too, but Christoph Waltz is in the movie. He plays one of the primary characters. He's Dr. Ito. And I've been a big fan of his ever since I first saw him in... The Inglorious movie, yes, I think. Yes, Inglorious Bastards. So we also had Jennifer Connelly in there. and Been a huge Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly fan for years. <laughs> yes. Um, I think she you say she was her, your teenage crush, is that right? Oh, yes. Especially <laughs> in The Rocketeer and even shortly after that in uh, Dark City. Mm-hmm. So, oh, but speaking of which, I think you mentioned that the yeah. city kind of almost had a dark city feel to it as well. Yeah, so watching the film, time. I thought there was definitely a dark city vibe, especially Christoph yeah. Waltz's character wears like a trench coat yes, sometimes. A white trench coat. And that, well, it wasn't white. He's, you know, walking around and it was very, very reminiscent of me, to me, of Kiefer Sutherland. Of course, in Dark City, you never saw the sun. Yeah, so it was very there's still plenty of sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> so also in the film was Mahershala Ali and also Ed Scrine. I I forgot. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. I don't know if it's Screen or Scrine or we know him from Deadpool and 
from one season of Game of Thrones before they swapped him with a different actor. Who was in Deadpool? In Deadpool, he was the main villain. Francis. Oh, that's right. Ajax. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then Rose Salazar, um, she was the, she did the work for the digital work, I guess, or she was the Alita person. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, what did you like about the film, Corey? Well, for sure, like I said before, it, it was very beautiful to watch, very entertaining to watch, for sure. Awesome <laughs> action sequences. There is even a little bit of a, a love story in there. Yeah. A couple of because you got that romantic love, and you also caught the kind of had this. Very quick developed, almost like a father-daughter type relationship that kind of takes place in the movie as well. Yeah, so I'm with you too that it was digitally beautiful. I still feel like it had this 90s feel to me. It was like the 90s future with amazing digital work. Yes, very polished, very, very well done, I would say. So as I mentioned before, I felt like that motorball reminded me of rollerblading and it was just it was fun to watch that. I actually probably wanted a little bit more of the motorball. Mm. I think there was lots of talk of it. And yes, I think that we could have had more, but we talked about this before. I felt like there was almost like two parts, you know, with the movie that they could have focused on. They could have either focused more on the motorball or they could have focused more on this whole warrior angel person. Well, the, the history that took place before yeah. the movie, which you're, you're trying very hard to grab the bits, pieces that they, kind of breadcrumb you into understanding and it seems like they don't give you enough to really get a better understanding of what's taking place in the past. Yeah. I think that's one thing that for me that we could have had a little bit, they could have done a little bit better of because it was so much content packed into this film that I was kind of thinking like a a way to describe it. And it felt like, you know, if you're at like a, a dance or something like and there's maybe it's either a routine that you're kind of trying to jump into or just some sort of dance that everyone knows the dance of and you don't really know the the dance of but you jump in and you're trying to like do the moves and you're kind of having fun because you know you're dancing but you're not quite catching on yeah to what they're doing so you're like oh oh we're going this way now oh nope we're going this way you know and so that's what I kind of felt like it's like you jump into a dance and you're not quite getting in sync with everybody yet I felt that this movie could have really benefited if it kind of had a little bit more of a Lord of the Rings beginning to it. Because in Lord of the Rings, you just don't start off with the beginning of the story. They kind of take a few minutes and go back hundreds of years and kind of show you what took place. Kind of get a, you know the last century up to this point, And then the story began. So I right. could have felt that they could have benefited from filling us in a little bit better on what took place 300 years ago before they started actually the current story. Right. Because we were kind of, I mean, I guess we were kind of going along, like, with the Alita person, because we didn't know any history, and she didn't know any history, so, you know, she gets flashbacks, and those are the little, as you mentioned, the breadcrumbs that we get as well. So maybe they were going a little bit for the memento aspect, where we're kind of finding things out (laughs) at the same time Alita is. (laughs) Yeah. As you mentioned, the action scenes were great. Um, The scene with her in the, the bar... I guess it's you know, kind of, of where the of hunter bounty hunters all yeah. kind of came together. Yeah, you know when it when all of a sudden her attempt to rally, rally them up fails and it turns into you know this huge essentially like a bar fight. Bar brawl, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun because you saw her. I mean her her fighting ability is great, and then of course you know things get things get escalated, and then things turn a little dark. Yeah. So for Mahershala Ali and Jennifer Connelly's roles in the film, I kind of just felt they were sleepy. Like, it's nothing against their acting ability. I just feel like they, these are two fantastic actors that 
we could have done more with, like had more of. I felt like Mahershala was more fun when he was kind of taken over and you, you know, he was a little more sassy, a little more personality coming out. And then when he kind of went back to his normal self, it was just like, oh, you're just a very stoic, sleepy character. And same thing with Jennifer Connelly. She's just this very stoic, sleepy character. You know, it's not until closer to the end that you see a little bit more personality coming yeah. out. And I just think that we would have benefited with them having a stronger personality. Or they could have reworked the budget a little bit, got some couple of actors that would have taken the roles for a little less pay, and then use that movie to give us the three-minute intro. <laughs> <laughs> then it would have been a super long movie. For a three-minute intro. Oh. Super long. Well, I guess I guess we could have spared three minutes. I mean, it was already like more than two hours. But yeah, so I just, I felt disappointed that we didn't have more from them. When again, they're fantastic actors. Yes. Even Christoph Waltz. We could have even had more of. I just, you know, anyway. But I think part of that is the fact that so much was packed into this movie that you, again, felt a little rushed into, like, oh, wait, now we're in love. Or, you know, like, oh, oh, yeah. wait, nope, now we are a warrior. And it's like, oh, nope, nope, now we are now motorballing. Running for our lives, man. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just. Very like, quick story progression. And it, yes. it was almost too quick. Yeah. Almost too quick. But the nice thing is I did follow it. There are some movies we have seen where I think it's a quick story progression and you're like, I don't understand how we went from point A to point B. Yeah. At least we understood how we got from point A to point B. It was just like teleportation. You know? well, I, think, I think you're catching the breadcrumbs a little bit better than I was. Yeah. <laughs> At least. Yeah. I just know when we watched League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, oh my goodness, I was like, I don't know how we all of a sudden are in the frozen tundra. Like... Why are we here? You know, like. Hmm. Well, that one I definitely fought a little bit better than you did, I think. But you have but. also now watched it a million times. But even the first time I saw it, I, I didn't have any trouble. <laughs> I don't know. For whatever what that on. one, it was just like, <laughs> I don't know. No, no breadcrumbs for me. Apparently, Hans ate them all. Nothing for Gretel. Anyway, I mean, sorry, Hansel ate them all. Nothing for Gretel. <laughs> okay, so as both of us were watching, we were both, um, I think, feeling this vibe that. This movie is definitely inspired by other movies. Oh, yes. It, it definitely, uh, I guess you could say, borrows from other concepts. Or it was, from you know, influenced. Movies. Inspired. And, you know, this is, you know, 2019, although yes. I guess they made it in 2018. But, you know, this is 2019, so this is not a new story necessarily. You know, cyborgs and things of that nature. So it definitely, we saw the influences of these past stories. Yes. So... The number one influence was, I think for both of us, Ghost in the Shell. Yes. Not the Scarlett Johansson Ghost in the Shell. Yes, not the live action version. The original animated Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, the 1995 Ghost in the Shell. Which, just to give you a little hint, this story also revolves around a character who has a human brain and the rest of the body is cybernetic. Yeah. And it it kind of throws you a, a, a few psychological loops when, when re- revolving around this uh, this idea. And it kind of does an interesting thinking job on you when you're watching yeah. this movie, for sure. And so that one, I feel like, first off, the city itself looked so similar to me. Um, I think that's the idea because, you know, it, again, an overpopulated city, everything's kind of built up. And even seeing those little, like, trucks going through the... Um, 
the streets just again reminded me of the film rain still mm-hmm. rained all the time there well i think the city and ghost in the shell was a little bit more technology advanced i mean you had these skyscrapers yeah, that were very true. well intact and everything yeah and you know very um it was a very digital world those like holographic yes. type of billboards yeah. all the time and for the most part it was clean i would say you know i'm sure every city has their dirty areas but the the skyscrapers that everybody goes to work in or they're very pristine looking mm-hmm. and so forth I don't know. I still felt the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but and also, um, so there's a scene in Alita when she kind of jumps into the water, although she just goes straight down into the water. But, <laughs> but that reminded me of in The Ghost in the Shell, the main character liked being in the water. Although I think she had something where she could kind of float. But she liked being in the water because she felt isolated there. Yeah. And uh, But anyway, so... While they were in the water for totally different reasons, it just had that vibe to me. I was like, oh, she's going to the water. So I, I, I definitely thought there was that similarity. Similarity. So I, another influencing type of movie, I think, perhaps is Elysium. Especially with the idea that there's like this sky city. Because yeah. there's this group like, are they in space? Or Most are they of the just... population is living in the grunge on the surface. And yeah. They're all trying to get to this paradise city that's, you know. The, and in Alita, the city was like... Just like maybe like a mile above the surface. And right. At least it was more so like in orbit around the Earth, but very similar concept still. Right. And I think so the main character for that one is Matt Damon. Yes. And he takes on a mission, I guess, to somehow, I don't know if he's infiltrating the Sky City in a sense. Or trying to get a group there or something Yeah, because like basically they have health care up there and everyone's yes. trying to get... Better healthcare, I think, is the idea. Um, what a concept! <laughs> and but yeah, so he kind of gets souped up with this like super suit, you know, that basically turns him into a cyborg because it kind yes. of, I guess, fuses with him. So and then of course RoboCop, another, you know, he becomes essentially a, a cyborg. Definitely. Um, because, definitely. you know, they... A little bit more than just a brain, but not much more. <laughs> yeah. And I think the difference with him is that he kind of lost his emotion. I think with some of these other ones, they still have all their emotions. But yes. unfortunately for him, they turned him a little bit more into robot versus, you know, just someone who is now cybernetically enhanced. And I think the person, because the human brain still computes faster than a computer can to an mm-hmm. extent. So they're, they're almost just like turning the, the human brain into a computer... Of their own. You already mentioned this, but Blade Runner, it definitely had a Blade Runner vibe. Yes. And while Blade Runner was, I guess, more so with androids versus yes. cyborgs, it definitely had that post-apocalyptic feel, the, again, the dinginess of the city, things like that. Even Star Wars has its cyborgs, although... <laughs> <The Borg. laughs> yeah, well, that would be Star Trek, but Star, Star, Trek. Star Wars... You know, of course, Darth Vader and oh, yes. um, and even General General Grievous, right? Yes, they'll definitely be considered cyborgs. And just for the, you listeners, if you're getting a little bit confused here, scientific definitions here of an <laughs> android. An android is purely mechanical and computer, nothing humanistic at all. It just looks like a human, like so data. data from Star Trek. Cyborg, as long as some part of you is still human... No matter how many, no matter how extent your computer or mechanical enhancements may be, then you are a cyborg. So yeah, so I think with Star Wars, of course, you have Darth Vader and General Grievous, and I'm sure there's plenty of others. And I don't know if Alita really was at all influenced with you know their world, yes. but you know it's another world. But also with Star Trek that you kind of started going on, talking about earlier with the Borg. 
those are of course definitely cyborgs. And the scene in Star Trek First Contact where you see the queen, the Borg queen, yes. kind of being assembled into her suit. Her body. Yes, because she's basically just the bust. She's got her... Mm. Head and her brain and her head, shoulder, spine. not much else, not much else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just kind of comes down into that body. <laughs> it was very reminiscent of Alita. Yes. Um. Just and so I feel like the way that they're kind of they were forming her was very similar to the Borg Queen, at least. So another thing that I feel like that we see with some of these movies and then with Alita is that sometimes you are having you know these cybernetic enhancements by choice and sometimes not by choice. Yes. Um, and even that was even in Alita where sometimes people are coming in because just something happened and they need now an arm, you know, or they're part of the motorball group and they want to have this super duper arm or super duper yes. leg or, you know, something like that to make them, re- you know, extremely enhanced. And then of course, you know, you have some of these other movies like, you know, Robocop where it was just kind of sort Very of necessary. A necessity. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, Darth Vader, out of necessity. He started just losing all sorts of parts. I thought that was interesting, just kind of that world of where it's from necessity to let's see if I can be the best that I could somehow beyond physically be. And that also reminded me of, and this is by no means at all a cyborg-ish movie, (laughs) um, but Gattaca. Because Gattaca is, you know, they're enhancing their DNA even before the children are born. Yes. So they're just genetically enhancing. And it's just, again, that same kind of concept of trying to work the system scientifically to be the best you can possibly be, which is interesting. And Gattaca is almost, like, condemned just to be natural. I mean, if you don't, if you're not enhanced from the embryo, yeah. then you're, like, you're doomed to fail in real life. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay. Which either Hawk proved otherwise. Yeah. So. He had to work hard. Although I guess he eventually got some type of physical enhancement because they did have to make him taller. Okay, they broke his legs and gave him extensions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but still, I don't know. But no genetic enhancements. Yeah, he didn't get say. genetic yes. enhancements. Yes. He definitely um, did not, by means. And he really wanted, of course, to be a, an astronaut, I think. All right, so going back to Alita, the topic of the, the day. Does it make the shelf or not? You know, I'm right now kind of on the fence. I mean, uh, I can see myself wanting to watch it more than once because, like I said, it is very beautiful, awesome action sequences and so forth. So I can definitely see myself getting it for that aspect of it. Okay. So for me, it kind of doesn't. And, And I, you know... And with that, it's, again, because I feel like I didn't connect with the characters as much as I wanted to. Because the story was rushed. Yeah. Yes. And I think there's more there. I think if they do want to continue it, maybe they'll be able to focus a little bit more tightly on the character development. So the movie does end with a opened possibility for a sequel. Right. And not to reveal any spoilers or anything, but I recently read uh, some news articles to where the company is now on the fence whether or not to make a sequel for this movie. They're, they're definitely not saying it's greenlit, and they're definitely not saying that they're not going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie's only been out for uh, a week? Two uh, weeks? I think two weeks. So it depends how well it, it kind of keeps or maybe it'll be doing, maybe I think, yeah. in the next few weeks. That may yeah. be the deciding factor for that. Well, yeah, they definitely, of course, you know, they need to make money. Otherwise... Yes. 
<laughs> Otherwise, they can't make films. So yeah, I I will say it is it's fun, and I would recommend to see it in the theater if you you know if you like this type of film. Definitely check out some of these other ones that we've talked about, though, because I think, you know, you'll just kind of, you'll see where these influences, I think, have come from that you yes. see in Alita. I will say I'm not familiar with the Battle Angel. Is it a, sh- is it a show? No, no it's, 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 it's the a, book, right? Yeah, it's the, a it's Japanese manga. comic book. Yeah, or manga. So. But yeah, so I'm actually not familiar with the story, the history of the Battle Angel. Yeah, me neither. And, you know, and I don't know if maybe some people go into the film that have a history or like, oh yeah, I know the fall. I'm, you know, one with the fall. <laughs> don't need a history of it. But yeah, I think we kind of suffered maybe by maybe not having some of the backstory. But it is, it it is, a, it's a cool looking movie. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So I do, you know, I would check, I would recommend it. I'm sure, again, it'll be on our TV because, you know, I'm sure it's a good background film for you. Oh, for sure. If it's on HBO or something, yeah, I'm definitely, and I'm just looking for something to watch. Yeah, I'm definitely see that brawl it. again because um, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. All right. So I guess it's, it's on the fence on if it makes the shelf or not. It's not really making my shelf. Still up for grabs for you, I guess. Yeah, it is. It is. All right, Corey, let's talk about our picks of the week. Okay. So I am going to go with Ex Machina, right? Mm, okay. Okay, so this is not a cyborg. Not no, a no, cyborg. no, no. This is this is robot. Androids. Androids. Uh-huh. It's like, I think there's like four people in the cast. Like, it's a super small cast. And this movie, you know, we saw, I forgot why it popped on our radar to go see, but we saw it and instantly we're just absolutely intrigued by it because it's one of those movies where it's like you have no idea what direction it's going to go you almost don't know what's real or not yeah you know so and the premise is that this this guy and the guy is dom hall dom hall i'm not sure gleason (laughs) he um has kind of like won a contest with through his work or something of that sort where he gets to go fly out to the boss's house and the boss lives in a very secluded home, like in the woods somewhere. He has no clue where he is, probably. Anyway, so, and I think the idea is that he's going to get to see the new, like, technology, new projects, mm-hmm. stuff like yeah. that. And things do not go at all, I think, how he was thinking, how yeah. we are thinking. Um, and again, it's it's kind of dealing with robots, uh, or androids, sorry. So I definitely recommend it um just because it is it kind of has that same feel it's not post-apocalyptic as far as i know because you know it's just you know in today's world at the moment so i would definitely check out ex machina because it is really cool i don't want to get too far into the plot because it does have some twists and turns and things of that nature so what's your pick of the week okay mine is revolves around a the simplest form of a cyborg, I could say, and that's just implementing a little computer chip into your head. Mm-hmm. So it's very simple, very basic, but this would be the movie Upgrade. Okay. Okay, so something happens, and this guy, through an experimental advancement, I guess, he gets a chip put into his head for various reasons, and uh, this computer in his head starts assisting him, and sort of starts talking to him, and mm-hmm. things starts getting interesting, and what you think is happening in the movie, it, I mean, it definitely throws you for a loop at the end, but another thing that's interesting about this is that, you know, you watch TV shows like Nova and stuff, and this type of thing is not too far-fetched into the future, because, you know, they, they're talking about, like, cell phone technology is getting so small to where you can just have it in your body and just instead of seeing a having to see a screen you just 
recall people's phone numbers and information and Google and just, you know, look up something you go in your head and just find the information out. So mm -hmm. it, it's pretty scary to think how close this might actually come. And yeah. So, but uh, Upgrade, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a psychological thriller and it, it's very entertaining and it's, it's definitely uh, something to catch if it has been missed on your radar for sure. Yeah. I know I really liked it. I think when we went to go see it, maybe we had seen a preview, but it's like it just kind of all of a sudden was here. There wasn't like a lot of promotion for it. And, yeah. And you're like, so once we saw it and we were talking about it, some people were like, I think I've seen something about it. But yeah, it just, I feel like it didn't get a lot of promotion, but it is super cool. And they did yes, a really is. good job with it. And again, you think it might be one way and it just kind of starts going a totally different route. And it's like, <laughs> ooh, okay. So definitely check it out. The main guy in it, um, what was his name again? Was it Logan? His name is Logan Marshall Green. Hyphenated last name. But uh, watch the movie, you kind of have a feel of a Tom Hardy type actor yeah so in this movie um and i i know that that guy the logan guy um i know he's been getting involved in a lot more projects and so i'm sure we'll start seeing him a lot more but yeah he definitely had a tom hardy vibe which i do like tom hardy and i do find it interesting that kind of to me the counterpart of this movie is venom which you know just because it's this like enhanced person and um and instead of a Hardy. little computer upgrade you get this, a this parasite. little <laughs> parasite upgrade <laughs> yeah but that one had tom hardy so i just thought it was funny because they were you know our tom hardy people so what are some of the movies that are that we saw previews for that are coming out that we're interested in okay so there is hellboy oh i know you are very interested in i think uh, well you're skeptical. I'm skeptical because oh. in the preview, the actual portrayal of Hellboy, to me, does not do as good of a job as Ron Perlman did in his uh, movies for Hellboy. <laughs> well, I think the preview we saw was the first time I had seen a preview for the new one. Correct. Is it is it still Guillermo del Toro directing? Um, I can't remember. I do not think so, actually. Okay. I do like Guillermo so. del Toro. But we'll see. Um, we just figured out who the, the person is, and I, I now have lost the name of his. I think it's like David Burrow or something like that is playing Hellboy. And we, of course, liked him from Stranger Things, especially since he reminds me, reminds us both of my brother. So anyway, Hellboy is a fun story, though. It's a fun comic book yes. hero, or I don't know if you really consider him a hero. Well, from what I saw in the trailer, I'm curious, but skeptical. Okay. On how good it'll so be. So keep cause... those expectations low. Yeah, because to me, it does not look like the character of Hellboy is going to match up to Ron Perlman's portrayal of him. Okay. But I could be wrong. So I think another preview was Tolkien. Yes. And I and I guess this one, it's really just about Tolkien's life, perhaps. And yeah, maybe kind of what, what inspired like to him to <laughs> I didn't see anything happening in Middle Earth in this trailer. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see where that one really goes. And then another, the final preview that we want to talk about is um, Dark Phoenix. Yes. I think this was my first time to see the Dark Phoenix preview, of course, in the big screen. And it almost seemed a little more involved than I think I had seen it before. Hmm. So... I know we, and um, I, uh, her name escapes me, the person that plays the, the Dark Phoenix, but I know that we watch her, of course, in Game of Thrones, yes. and she's becoming a bit of a stronger character there, so I feel like she should hopefully do a good job then with the Dark Phoenix, and I like that group of the X-Men, the, um, the James McAvoy group. And we kind of saw her kind of Phoenix out in the end of the X-Men Apocalypse movie, mm -hmm. but then it seems like the Phoenix persona takes a dark turn, definitely, so... 
Oh, and a little side note, the X-Men Apocalypse, the, the guy, is that guy Apocalypse? Yeah, the, uh, yeah, Apocalypse himself. So the bad guy, he's the, the boss yes. in X. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, little connection there. And he's also the awesome pilot in the newer Star Wars trilogy. Oh. Oh, you didn't know that connection? I don't know if I knew that. Yeah. Okay. When you, he's Apocalypse, it's like you can't tell what he looks like. Because yeah. he's all, you know, different. <laughs> uh, so much fabrication on him, seems like. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess when we saw him in X... Mechana, he's got this huge beard. So that's and was what he I bald think. in that movie? I, I think Maybe like, that's why, like, yeah. he does. I'm not making the connection to the Star Wars Star pilot. Because yeah, here you got a head full of like curly hair. Then you know, I guess the hair swapped <laughs> places. All right, so now it is time for a side of bacon, Corey. Ooh, All right, you're <laughs> gonna go first. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it in two movies, and I was, I was pleased with my two movies but i mean you've been like oogling something over me you're like dangling the piece of bacon um <laughs> that you say is sizzling so we were connecting james cromwell to yes. ethan hawk yes so i went with james cromwell in the general's daughter which oh, wow. i don't know if you remember that one it's with john travolta barely, barely. Yes. and um i know it's one of those movies where like i think john travolta's inter viewing or interrogating he's trying to he's yeah. investigating yes, that's investigate. the word i'm trying to think of he's investigating i guess a murder of the general's daughter or something of that sort and um and it's just of course one of those movies that there's you know twists in the story and all that fun stuff so and james cromwell was of course the general i yes. believe so anyway so james cromwell to john travolta in the general's daughter okay and then john travolta to ethan hawk in a valley of violence the one with the dog oh with the dumb people gotcha. and the dog yes. oh. and they just left the dog alive they would have been okay. <laughs> and, um, and that's not really too much of a spoiler because it kind of happens early in yeah. the film but, but still it's the the western movie not not the not the war movie that with a similar name <laughs> like the valley of Elo or something like that but, yeah that's um yeah. tommy lee jones yeah no in the valley of violence yeah it's that's an interesting movie because it's like it's one of those movies where it's serious but also a little like john travolta's character is kind of funky to me i don't know yeah he is. <laughs> he's not like i mean i guess he's a bad guy i mean he is a bad guy but he's not like an evil bad guy or well, he, he's more so as an evil son that he's kind of protecting yeah so. i don't know it's yeah it's just yeah it's kind of interesting. So I just, I, I feel like I'm picturing John Travolta, you know, trying to um, negotiate with Ethan Hawke. And he's like, you know, and it's a big shootout. And it's just like, well, stop it! You know, so those are my connections. Two movies using John Travolta. What, okay. What is your sizzling bacon? Your applewood smoked bacon, Corey? Well, for the first time in Movie Shelf, I have it in one movie. <gasps> One movie. You yes. look so proud. I mean, if this was on video, I mean, you are just smiling. The temples are super deep. You are proud. And this is, was a childhood favorite movie of mine, which I did it's show you. It's not The you. Explorers, is it? Yes, it is. James Cromwell's in The Explorers? Yeah, so if you remember, in The Explorers, you got these trio of kids. One of them, of course, is Ethan Hawke. Another one. The Phoenix, is, right? Yeah, River Phoenix. And River Phoenix does not look like himself in this movie because he's younger, he's a little chubby, and he, he's a brainy kid. So he, he doesn't look like his normal self in this movie. But, um, his, and his name's Wolfgang. Because <laughs> he's, he's got this, he's in this weird German family. But Cromwell plays uh, his dad. He, he plays uh, River Phoenix's dad. Oh. Who is, River Phoenix, of, of course, is one of the, the trio friends of Ethan Hawke. 
and this is probably the, yeah, this is definitely the earliest Ethan Hawke or River Phoenix movie I can think of. So, well, that is definitely one that you like. Yes, I grew up watching this movie. We had it on videotape, and I watched it over and over. <laughs> Which I think is so fun. When you finally wanted to get me to watch the film, we went to, I don't think it was Blockbuster. I think it was a different, like, yeah. rent movie store kind of place, or movie rental place. And they had it, and I don't know if it was that they were going out of business already or what, because this, you know, it was like maybe 10 years ago or something. But they had it, so we were going to rent it. And it was cheaper to buy it than rent it. Because I think renting yeah. it was going to be like $3. And this was how when... To buy it, it was like $1, maybe. <laughs> maybe it was $0.10. Cents. I don't know. It was like ridiculously cheap. And another, it was VHS. Yeah, another weird thing, that this is in the area where almost everything we're renting and buying is DVD. Yeah. But they only had a copy of this on VHS, so we had watched it in our bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> where we saw my old VHS. a VCR player. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, and I think I remember the the Voyager doctor guy. He's in that, right? Oh, yeah. Very, very, very small snippets, yeah. Oh, I thought he was like the funky alien or something. He was, and he had another very small part. <laughs> he had two characters in that movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, if you have two small parts, does that mean you have a big part? No. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's, it, that's a fun one. That's a good 80s fun movie, even though somehow I missed it growing up, I guess. I don't know. That was pretty good, Corey. I mean... One movie. You you broke the, the, the one movie record, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm the first on one to do shelf. it on movie shelf, yes. Pretty good. <laughs> All right, so do you have your bacon pick for this week? Okay, so your bacon pick, I think, is not from the main movie, correct? No, okay. it's not from the main movie. So unless we come up with like a super easy connection that we're not seeing now, I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and go with Christoph Waltz. Okay. Big fan of his. Fantastic option. I am going to go with Ryan Gosling. So I'm kind of thinking about when we were talking about the other influencing type movies. And I was thinking about Blade Runner, but I was thinking actually about the new Blade Runner. Okay. With Ryan Gosling. Gotcha. Well, so, no no super quick five second connections coming to my mind, so we, we can still yeah. go with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have, and I love the fact, by the way, with your whole little one movie sizzler, uh-huh. that you were giving me a hard time of wanting to use James Cromwell. <laughs> anyway... Um, so we have, for this week, Ryan Gosling to... Christoph Waltz. All right. Thanks for listening to Movie Shelf. And if you could, click that subscribe button and please share us with your friends. And if you're listening on Apple Play, please give us a comment and a rating. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Be sure to also check out our show notes for links that we have to the movie trailers of some of the movies that we discuss, as well as um, our... Picks of the Week. Well, yeah, the Picks of the Week links... Um, but also our side of bacon. We always list that there with links to their IMDb page. So we'll catch you next time, you guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.